Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from Europe right now, Josh Lander hanging out with Nate Weitzer still on the East Coast in the U.S. And we are looking at Sunday here, Game 3, back in Miami, Celtics and Heat. Obviously, the C's down 2-0. We'll go ahead and jump into some best bets in this video. Also have a player props one up for you, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us the rest of this postseason and into the finals. Uh, Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we're putting up on the site and use the odds finder tool there to see all the the odds available to you from all these sports books giving us bets this postseason. Running through what happened there in Game 2, a bit of an unexpected expected win probably for the heat i think maybe they can thank grant williams for waking the jimmy butler beast there in the third quarter miami rolls off 36 points in the fourth uh, as they win that one so now we're back in miami and a few things obviously a bit different here uh so let's go ahead and jump right into your first best bet for this one nate taking a play out of the uh josh lander playbook here and going fourth quarter under 54 and a half is the total and uh, I'm doing it because Josh probably feels like he can't after he got a rare over here in game two. Thank you. He got to 58 because the Heat scored 36. Because as you mentioned, Jimmy went off and the Heat pulled off one of their crazy comebacks. Basically, since the end of that Buck series, when they also had some crazy comebacks, they just haven't been hitting the over at all in the fourth quarter. And the Celtics are coming off a nice close against Philly where in the last two fourth quarters, they dominated, um, held Philly to 28% field goal shooting, zero threes made, only three and a half free throws per game, and they played at an 83 pace. And that's a real key here. Both teams playing at a pace of 90 or slower in the fourth in this entire playoffs. And when they've gotten together in these first two games, you know, the pace has dropped precipitously in the last quarter after some first two And, I mean, what Miami's doing defensively against Boston has been incredibly impressive down the stretch. So, I don't think Miami's scoring 36 again. First of all, they don't score as much at home in these playoffs. Uh, In the fourth quarter, they only shoot 15% from three. They have more turnovers than assists, uh, and they force the other team into more turnovers than assists. So, we shouldn't be seeing a lot of prolific offense. Jason Tatum has been much covered in terms of his lack of production in the fourth. Zero for three from the field in two fourth quarters. Five turnovers. He's a minus 13. Um, and Boston as a team has more turnovers than assists. So, and, they're, and they're shooting 19% from three. Basically, Spolstra and his staff and, and the Heat players are lulling Boston into some sort of sense of security and then just throwing a wrench into their offense down the stretch. And so that's how they've been able to win, win all three of these, all two of these games here. Uh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself to say Miami's going to win, win a third. I'm not necessarily buying into that, though. What I am buying into is that both teams will be playing defense like their seasons depend on it, um, and that Miami's offense is not impressive enough to drop 36 again. They have an 88 offensive rating in their last three fourth quarters at home and an 83 defensive rating. So I feel very confident about this bet. I'd say a unit and a half if you agree. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't disagree, and you're right that I was just a little bit tentative, so thanks for picking up my slack, um, as, as I was not quite as uh, gung-ho to search for fourth quarters in this one. I also feel like uh, you'll see another couple familiar names around in player props and things that I've talked about before, so I thought, let me not bring back another fourth quarter under while I'm also talking about Max Struess later. Um, but more importantly, uh, for my agreement with you, I, I actually... 
think my bet is somewhat in line with yours as I talk about my first pick here because it's for this game to go over 209.5 after I've teased it with the Heat to cover uh, 7.5 as they're currently 3.5 dogs uh, on most books. I think it is in line with your bet because I think there's going to be more scoring in the first three quarters than there were in this last game. I think they will be uh, tiring themselves out a bit more and and the Heat uh, have so many players to sort of rotate in that do similar things. You saw a couple other guys like Duncan Robinson get 20 minutes to give other guys a breather, um, which means the Heat defense should still be around in the fourth quarter. But more importantly, like I think this is a game where even if Duncan does get in for for some minutes and steal uh, some of Max Struess' time, that's only good for for an over in this one. Uh, And it also means that Duncan has been hitting and that that's good for the uh, for the uh, heat for him to get at least three, two, three made threes for them is a huge, uh, you know, is a huge lift for that offense. And in, in this game, like seven and a half points, I, I really just wanted to get the over into a slightly better place. And I think, you know, I was looking at um, how, how to do that with the heat here, obviously just teasing those two together uh, works out for me because I, I don't see too, you know, even if, if Boston's able to hit a bunch of threes in the first half, once again, similar to what you were just saying, uh, and Miami's sort of lulls them to sleep a bit in, in a way that, you know, they're not expecting uh, Jimmy to just wake up and take over like he did in, in, in the, uh, the second game there. Like, I think the, the Miami comeback is always in play and that this is a team that you'd never count out no matter what type of lead uh, or, or hole that they dig themselves. So, um, you know, it, it's it's most important for why I wanted to get this total a little bit lower before I took an over was that the Heat do play incredibly well at, uh, at home on defense in these playoffs, specifically with that 98 defensive rating. Uh, it's about a 102 defensive rating uh, at home right now in the, in the playoffs where they have won all of their games, 5-0. and um, They allow 98.5 points there versus the 116 that they allow on the road. Uh, so obviously playing much better D at home uh, and scoring slightly fewer. They're one of the only teams, I talked about that recently, that they're one of the only teams to score more points on the road in these playoffs. Boston's actually one of the the rare teams that is scoring more on the road in the playoffs alongside uh, this Heat team as well, who is so much better on defense at home that obviously they don't need to score quite as many points uh, when they find themselves back in Miami. Um, but I, I think this is a great opportunity for for Boston to sort of score a few more points than we think they will. I, I do feel better about Boston winning this game just because it's another opportunity for us to look at Boston and go, I prefer them when they're not uh, out ahead and, and favored and in everybody's eye as the clear-cut favorites and things of that nature. I mean, they still are favored to win this game because of the fact that they're going to have to come out like their lives do depend on it because they they essentially do. You don't come back from down 3-0 in the NBA uh, historically. So uh, I think, yeah, they'll be coming out crazy, but I think that also will translate on offense for them. And I think the Heat will continue to hit shots, uh, even with guys in their faces, because of the amount of three-point shooting that they have uh, and how much you know they, they continue to hit these at home as well. Yeah, I mean, the first inclination is like, why aren't we just taking Miami money line or Miami to cover? Um I do think, yeah, Boston will win a game in the series, and it's got to be this one. If the series is going to continue, basically, I don't really see the Celtics and Lakers getting swept in these conference finals. I think the NBA will do everything they can to prevent that. Not saying they're going to fix any games, but, I mean, they already did use Scott Foster for game three. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Boston, they'll have something to say about it. Yeah, this is a classic situation where with their backs against the wall, with people doubting them, uh, they will play better. There's a lot of room for improvement for basically everyone but Jason Tatum and and for Tatum down the stretch, right? Yeah. Uh, and the Celtics, they have enough weaponry to make Miami pay for d- doubling Tatum down the stretch. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, like, just have to step up. And that just means more offense. Um, and, and 210 is not a very high total, but... I am sticking with Tatum here for the second pick and 35 and a half points in assists. I'm going over on that. 
I will add the assists instead of just saying 30 and a half points because, again, Miami is trying to force the ball out of his hands. That's why he had eight assists along with five turnovers in game two. Everything's running through him, but, I mean, shouldn't more be running through him in this series? Because Jalen Brown has been awful. He's 19 points per game. He's has a 31.5% usage rate still, though. And Miami's just not really afraid of his outside shooting and then able to limit him as as the type of bully ball he tries to play is not effective at all against this Miami team, uh, especially if they're going to play more zone. You can't just drive into the teeth of that one. Jalen, who usually comes out hot, is, is shooting under 30% with four points in the first quarter. So I was also looking at Tatum to get 10 in the first as he picks up that slack. But, uh, I mean, last year against the Heat in the same conference finals, they were pretty equally sharing the load in terms of usage, yeah. points. Uh, but Tatum, you know, this year is just a much more well-rounded offensive player, I think. I mean, he's the one guy they, the Heat are scared of his outside shot for good reason. He takes 10 and a half threes per game on the road uh, versus seven and a half at home. And that, so that to me seems like it's kind of an outlier that he's averaging only 26 and a half on the road in these playoffs. Uh, we saw him get start to cook in game six at Philly after a slow start. But, you know, now in his last five with the Celtics in trouble for basically all these games, he's averaging 34 points per game, five assists, 34% usage. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, I mean, so for him to, to, to top this prop, I would go a full unit. I would also take a half unit on him to be the leading scorer in this game because I am willing to take under 28 and a half on Jimmy's points. And I don't think anybody on the Celtics is outscoring Tatum. Uh, he's the most unstoppable offensive player by far here. And I think he's going to continue to get buckets. Yeah, the only guy that, that you would feel comfortable taking him in, I mean, well, let's say on the Celtics, the only other guy that you would feel comfortable with uh, outscoring him is Jalen. And man, we have not seen any indication that he's going to start picking up that slack to your point. And then any other player on the Celtics that would outscore Jason in this game would require another absolutely awful output from him combined with like at least four to five threes made by like a guy, um, you know, like a, like a Malcolm Brogdon uh, in that sense to be able to outscore Tatum uh, who he should be easily getting 25 uh, in this game. And that is actually going to be my segue to my last pick where I do think a little parlay with Tatum to get 25, Jimmy to get 25 uh, and bam to get eight plus boards is a pretty good pick here. It's plus 140 on DraftKings there uh, as the best odds for those three to get those numbers. Um, Jimmy has done this every home game uh, except the closeout game versus New York where he had 20, uh, 24 points. So that's four out of five. Tatum has done this in every road game except game four versus Philly where he had 24 uh, points instead of 25. So they're getting damn close the one time that they don't um, get this this number in this in this situation. Uh, so I still think it's a, it's a pretty solid bet there. Bam to get the eight boards. He's done this at every uh, game at home in the playoffs and seven of his last 10 versus Boston. I continue to like Bam, uh, especially because of one, because he's just playing like a madman uh, and as, as a really nice 24, well, actually at this point, 26% usage rate in this series, specifically 25% throughout these playoffs. Uh, and he's playing against a guy in Al Horford that continues to leak confidence uh, as, as he's just been really, really bad on offense. And that has actually led them to not be able to keep him on the floor to, 
to, for his defense to be there, where even as his offense has just dropped considerably, I believe he's at like 102 individual offensive rating right now for Papa Al, his defensive rating is still at about 115 individually, which is, you know, still like roughly fifth best on the team of anybody getting 20 more or more minutes in this series. So uh, he's still someone that they want to keep on the floor as much as they can in Papa Al, but he's just right now, if he's going to go one for six from three consistently and one for eight from the floor with this level of consistency, they just can't keep him on it because of, of that, you know, need for that guy who's in his position to hit those shots uh, big time, you know, within the, the flow of the offense. So I continue like Bam to get the boards. Uh, and then as far as the other guys, like I hear you on Jimmy going under, I, I do understand that it's a fear of mine that I would think is rational to not go under on Jimmy Butler, but it's it, the numbers show that at home, he's not like to get 29 points. But that doesn't mean he's not like to get 25 because he's consistently done that. So kind of a small room for margin, uh, margin for error between both our picks there. If you, we're going to talk about Jimmy in that player props video, but I still like him to get 25 in this one. Yeah, I don't hate it either. I'm not going to say like thread the needle and bet both those things. Um, I, I mean, I'm only going half a unit on Jimmy under. I just think yeah, it could be kind of a sharp play. Uh, because he doesn't necessarily look to dominate in terms of usage. And I think the Celtics will be throwing a lot more double teams at him. But they haven't had any answers for Bam other than, I guess, the really simple answer of play Rob Williams and don't play Al Horford. Um, but <laughs> So we'll see if they do that. I think Bam could still get a double-double, so I would look at that as a parlay. Uh, he's been doing great on the boards on both ends here. And, and Miami's going small, playing zone often. They need him to be a monster on the board. So, yeah. That I agree uh, wholeheartedly with adding BAM to any parlays there. Yeah, the eight boards for him for sure. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let's go ahead and look at your first NBA play a prop in this game three here, Nate. Yeah, last game, I don't think, I think you didn't hit Struess, but Derek White and Caleb Martin both hit for me in the first half. Absolutely. So I was happy about that. Caleb Martin with 25 points. Uh, but 
Yeah, I'm I'm going under here on Jimmy Butler, 28 and a half, and you get pretty good odds on FanDuel. And this seems like a really big cojones pick, right? I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. It's the best player in the playoffs, but he's actually gone under this in seven of eight games since that Bucks series. I mean, often getting 27, 28, doing exactly what his team needs down the stretch to get the win but not necessarily being a 30-point-per-game scorer. I mean, and at home, it's recently taken a dip since he had that 56-point virtuoso performance to, to eliminate the Bucks In three home games against the Knicks, 26 points per game, you know, only shooting 42% and 13 from three. Um, you know, the Heat in these playoffs are actually scoring six points per game fewer and 5% worse from three at home. Their defensive rating, however, is 14 points better. So it tends to be more of leaning on their defense, playing good team basketball. And that's the thing that's really carried them in these first two games. It's not like it's just Jimmy playing ISO like hero ball at all. I mean, he's, he's again, come alive down the stretch, thanks to Grant Williams in that last one. Uh, but it's really been about the role players stepping up and getting like 15 from Vincent and Caleb Martin and guys playing off Jimmy. And Miami's going to continue to embrace that. And I think Joe Missoula, as a new coach, has a bit of rabbit ears and seems to react very quickly when people criticize him to do the the obvious thing. And right now, the obvious thing is like, why aren't you doubling Jimmy more down the stretch? Like he just roasted you in ISO, particularly Grant Williams after he poked the bear. Uh, so I think Jimmy will be doing a little bit more facilitating, rebounding, impacting the game in different ways than just straight scoring if that's what he feels like the defense is dictating. Um, and he, granted, he is not at all James Harden or Joel Embiid. But um, the Celtics' last couple must-win games on the road, they were absolutely stellar limiting those guys. And again, Jimmy Butler and James Harden could not be further apart in terms of mentality. Uh, but, you know, they posted a 91 defensive rating, did the Celtics in those two games. They held the, that star duo in check well below their props, well, well below their props in terms of Harden. Uh, and I think they're going to have to step up in that regard uh, defensively in, in order to be able to, to stay alive in the series. Yeah, they are. Um, and I mean, I think part of the reason you've seen Jimmy um, be the way that he has at home or score the way that he has at home uh, in the playoffs, especially since the Buck series where he went absolutely bananas, is because he wants to keep those other guys involved. And, and the best place to do that is at home, right? That's where the role players play better. Um, you know, I, I picked him to get 25 in a parlay in the game three against the Knicks, where he just sort of, I thought he was going to come out and go ballistic. And we just saw him not even, he did not even glance at the basket uh, in the first half, you know, unless someone, it was the end of the shot clock and he was left wide open. Uh, I assure you, I was looking for him to be, you know, hungry on offense every single time he had the ball in that game because I had him in a little three-player same game parlay and he was the only one that didn't hit his 25 points uh, in that one because he just didn't feel the need to and, and he did get other guys involved and they did win that game uh, against the Knicks as, as he kept everybody happy in this one the only thing that scares me is the Celtics are way better than the Knicks their aptitude to score is going to be way higher than the Knicks um, who were not able to get 100 points on the road against Miami um, and haven't scored 100 points on the road against Miami in a while by the way in the playoffs um, so anyway I, I do uh, agree that uh, there's some opportunity for a few less points scored in this one even though I teased it down in the best bets video to get it over 210 uh, this game can easily go over 210 without Jimmy scoring 
scoring 29 points. And to be honest, I do think he's going to score around 25. Um, but I just don't really feel like, like you said, you know, threading that needle to hit for him to get between 25 uh, and 28, 29 points. Like I'm not really looking to do that. So I'm not going to necessarily tail the under. I think you get good juice for it to your point. And it's a, it's a sharp bet that you get to look super freaking smart uh, if, it, if it hits because taking a, a Jimmy under right now is not going to be a, a fan favorite, obviously, or the most popular bet. So anyway, moving on to my first one, I'm going to go over for Bam. Still very much in line with uh, following along with what, you know, if Jimmy is going under, but we still like the Heat to keep this thing pretty close, if not win it, uh, then someone's going to have to score. And Bam's been that guy for them, especially against the Celtics in general. Um, in this series, he's averaging, he's got 23, 22 points in, in the first couple games, uh, and he's got the boards as well. Um, the 28 and a half points and rebounds combined is what I'm going for, by the way. That's been bet a couple of times, so it's at minus 115 at this point, pretty much on all books. I still think it's good for a full unit. Like I said, against the Celtics over his last seven specifically, Bam's looking at 24 points and 10 boards per game, getting you to 34 there. I wanted to add the assists um, because he's also averaging nearly five assists against this team. Um, and it's at 32 and a half PRA for Bam. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, it's not necessarily worth it, mostly because of the fact that he does seem to be shooting a bit more in this series. He's up to about a 25 and a half percent usage rate uh, in the first two games. In the playoffs in general, he's at a 25 percent usage rate. Um, and so, you know, it, it's similar numbers are in terms of the percentage of time that he's hitting over this points and rebounds prop. It's pretty much the same as the points, rebounds and assist prop. Um, but I just, like I said, think the usage rate for him, it may makes me just feel better that the, he's going to get this this prop with the points rather than the assists in this one. Um, in the playoffs, he's averaging the 33 PRA. But um, like I said, I, I just with the five assists per game that he's averaging on the road, that's way better than the two assists per game that he's averaging at home. He's getting a few more boards and a few more points uh, at home as well. Uh, so, so that's why coming back here is just less about him um, passing the ball, a bit more him, about him finishing. Uh, and, and we've seen, like I said uh, in the other bet, where I'm happy to take Bam's eight boards as a part of a same game parlay that I'm playing. Um, in this one, just to take his his individual props. Also, look at the fact that Al Horford's, you know, is the best defender they have in the post. I know Rob Will gets all the blocks, but if you're talking about one on one defense with a guy, especially like Bam, who's super versatile and slithery, um, then I would feel better about Al Horford guarding him. And I don't know how long, how many minutes Al can get if he's shooting the ball at the percentage he is. He only recorded 28 minutes in this last game um, because you saw Missoula want to get Rob Will out there, but he can't have two guys that can be left wide open right now uh, in the style of offense that the Celtics play. Uh, and if, if you can't have both of them out there, then that's just more opportunity for Bam to be able to at least slice through one of them. Yeah, Rob Rob looked good. I don't really understand why the Celtics went away from him um, as much as they did in game two. And when Horford was guarding Bam, to your point, it was very much like a white flag every time. Like Bam would back down all the way within six feet and then decide how he wanted to put the ball up. And Horford just wasn't doing anything about it. Um, and then there was that obviously key offensive rebound that pretty much sealed the game. And that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell, right? Is Bam just dominating down low. The only way I don't see it going that way is if they do play Rob Williams more. But I think the Celtics are a little concerned about how that will look on offense um, if, if Miami is able to, to limit Rob's lob yeah. game, if you will. And, and Bam's going to play close to the whole game either way, so he'll get us opportunity. And, and I would both. just add, like, it's another opportunity to bring uh, up the fact that Missoula doesn't seem to have the confidence to make calls that might be, you know, anti-mainstream. And, and so that's partly why I think he just keeps having Horford out there. It's like, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I know. you got to have a bit of the, the balls and the job security, um, you know, to, to kind of to, to be a really, you know, decisive coach in the playoffs and do things that might go against the grain. So just adding to that all. Yep. 
And continuing with our theme of, you know, other guys stepping up, not necessarily Jimmy Butler getting 30, but Caleb Martin, like I said, had 15 points in the first like 10 minutes of game two. So I'm going back to the well here and saying over 11 and a half points, which is, you know, only one more, I think, than he, he was assigned in game two. And he just continues to play with incredible confidence in this series in particular. 20 points per game on a 21% usage. He's shooting 85% on twos. So the Celtics, not again, not showing that rim protection when Rob Will's off the floor. Um, you know, Caleb is is being incredibly confident when he gets the ball to, to shoot threes or to just pump and go and play make. Um, you know, the, he did not function very well in that Knicks series, yeah. but still averaged 10 and a half points per game and stepped up when Jimmy had missed the game in game two. So if Jimmy does have lower usage rate, could see him scoring closer to 15, 20. Um, once again, I mean, Kevin Love starts, but plays like 15 minutes and that leaves 30 or 32 for Caleb Martin as the small ball four, who's just way more effective in this matchup. And he was also more effective in that Bucks series. Uh, you know, the Celtics and Bucks play much more similarly than the Knicks do. And that, you know, he needs to be out there to close out on three pointers to, to rebound as a small ball four. And so in those two home games against the Bucks, he averaged 12 points and 10 and a half boards. So if you want to tack on five boards to this, sure. But the 11 and a half points is only minus 105 at MGM. I think that's great odds considering how consistently he's been around 15. I mean, he's got 40 so far in these first two of this series, and I think he will continue to yeah. play a lot. No, I, I was looking at Caleb Martin and uh, was talking to, uh, I believe it's King Chen 35 in the Discord there uh, on the lines.com uh, Discord that is, is pretty awesome right now. But either way, he was talking about Caleb Martin, and I was started to look at it and then saw that you had already taken Caleb Martin again uh, and think it's it's a great pick. I, I like the, the points and rebounds too, if you want it. It's at, um, I believe, 14 and a half uh, in this one or 15 and a half. So it's, it's actually climbed a bit, but I still think part of the reason he's out there so much in this series versus that Knicks series is the fact that, um, you know, in, in this one, I think he's just a better matchup for the type of players that we're talking about. Um, you know, Julius Randle's playing the four for the Knicks versus Jason Tatum playing the four. Also, when he's out there, you see, he's, my point is he's a much better matchup for a guy like against Tatum than he would be try, if, if Randle's backing him down. Obviously, I'd much rather have Tatum than Randle in any situation at this point. But for that specific matchup, I think his versatility and, and you know, he's what, 6'5", Randle's standing at a solid 6'10", the weight, et cetera. So um, Tatum not looking to back guys down, but he's not even really guarding Tatum. It's just that's an example of why he's out there. Tatum's playing the four, that level of versatile player, right? So you know Jalen Brown and everybody else playing guard uh, for the Celtics is, is someone that it, Caleb can switch on to very nicely. That's why he's already gotten 30 minutes in each of these first two games. And I think that's the key is he'll continue to get those minutes because of the awesome matchup that he is. Plus, they've had Rob Will guarding him when he's out there. And that's why he, I think he did so well in that first half, too, is that was the, the majority of the time. That was the matchup he saw. The majority of the time was Rob Will guarding him. And there was a one time where he, like, drove into the lane. Rob Will slapped it away. He got it right back and kicked it out for a wide-open three. Then he ran back out to the, the three-point line to keep Rob Will moving. I just That's not a great call by Missoula. they got to figure that out. Uh, but that was a huge uh, part of why he was able to do that. And I think he will continue to, to get the minutes uh, no matter what. But whether it's in first, second, or both halves, definitely the second, as we've seen him be a major part of the fourth quarter unit as well. So 
Love the Caleb Martin pick. Just wanted to add my stuff in there since I'd spent the time to look at it for him. Uh, and then talk about why I'm going back to Mr. Max Struess. Uh, as I said, he will be the name of my first child at this point. Over 14 and a half points and rebounds. It's minus 125 on DraftKings. Still the best place uh, to get Max Struess to, to get the 15 points and rebounds. For the first time, I'm adding the rebounds because I, I do think um, when you look at the way that I, I still think it's going to go over, but maybe a few worse percentages all over the floor, a, a bit more of an opportunity for Max Struess to get some long rebounds as I think there'll be a, a few more shots missed, uh, at least on the heat side in this one. But either way, like I think Struess to get 14 and a half at home. The reason he, he only got 11 and missed his points prop by two in that last game, missing his prop for the first time in like six straight games, uh, was he got the 26 minutes instead of the, the 28 to 32 that he normally gets. Uh, and a lot of that was the first half where du- or, uh, Duncan Robinson came in and took a bunch of those minutes. And he did hit a bunch of threes. And to be honest, if you're Missoula, like, you can't let Duncan Robinson be on the floor for 20 minutes. You have to play him off of it uh, by attacking him. And he just didn't call that out. Duncan got to stay on the floor. And that was huge for the heat in those minutes. Also giving other guys a, a bit of rest. My, my point is, I don't know that we come back. You want to rely on Duncan Robinson to continue to, to take those minutes and hit those shots uh, from Max Struess. So I'm going right back to him. Uh, and, and Martin was also red hot. Like I said, I'm not going to fade Martin necessarily, but he also ate into a bit of that first halftime uh, that Max Struess usually gets because Struess usually plays. 16 14 to 15 minutes in the first and 14 to 15 in the second and he wasn't able to do that only playing 11 minutes in that first half because of Duncan being so hot and Martin also doing the bulk of his scoring at that time so get him back in there for the the minutes that he averages at home in the playoffs he's at 12 points a game at 13 board or excuse me three boards uh in 28 minutes um and in 10 uh, on the road he's at 10 points per game with a few more minutes actually because he's so efficient at home he's got a 17 usage uh, 17% usage rate as well at home uh, versus the 11% that he's got on the road. So they are using him a lot more, even though he's played a few more minutes uh, on the road. They're just using him so much more. He's getting so many more shots up when he's at home. Um, this That was the first game in five games that he hadn't played 30 minutes uh, in this, or at least, I'm sorry, at least 28 and a half minutes in this last one in, in game two there uh, against the season. Like I said, that was strictly because Spo just saw who was hitting and didn't have any reason to change that lineup. Um, but I'm going to bank on Struess being the one that's that's a little bit hotter uh, in the first half to get him more than the what he's now got like four points in the first half uh, of each of these first two games combined. Uh, and, and I think he'll just be a little bit more uh, of an active participant early and then continue to be an active participant in the second half like he's been this series. Yeah, I think what you can bank on is is Duncan Robinson not playing as much, like you said. I mean, yeah, he was a big part of them in Game 5 in Miami, trying to push a comeback and on the road, but then you know completely disappears from the rotation, basically, uh, because he's not as much of a well-rounded player defensively. And, I mean, good way to stick to your guns, way to stick to them, especially as we go back home here for, for the Heat. We know role players play better, especially confidence guys like Struess, who love to take off-balance threes, etc. cetera. Uh, if you're taking a shot like that, like the thought that you're going to make the crowd erupt if you hit it, you know, is clearly a motivating factor, as you've seen from his performance. Yeah, he's averaging over 12 a game at home. Um, so, yeah, I think he gets his points this time. He only he was only one or yeah, two short exactly. last game, right, despite all those yep, circumstances. Yeah, he, he had 11 points. He, he just put up, like, six shots. <laughs> so, um, you know, as opposed to the, the, the usage rate where he's putting up the second most, third most shots. Well, third most because Bam's been so good on offense. But third most uh, field goal attempts for this team uh, in this series and since game two uh, of the Knicks where Spo, Spo started playing him at least 28 minutes every game. This was the first time he got the 26. So uh, I do think it's a big deal. I mean, Duncan Robinson hit, what, 
uh, three threes in 20 minutes uh, or whatever and put up six of them in, in 20 minutes. Like that's just that's not something that you continue to, to, to bank on. So that is all the time we have for you in the playoff props video here for game three C's and heat continue to follow along. We'll also be back with our Monday stuff for that Western conference finals until we see you next. Happy